Kedushin Daf Lamed Hey. We're starting right from the top of the Amen. So just to recap what it, what it is that we learned yesterday. So we're talking about the rule that a mitzvah zesha has my grandma, women are potter. Mitzvah zesha has my grandma, uh, women are chayev. So the Gemara has been explaining that the source for the rule is that the Torah says women are potter from tefillin because it's right next in the midst of Talmud Torah. Just as they're potter from Talmud Torah, so too they're potter from tefillin. And that, that now serves as the prototype to tell us uh, that mitzvah zesha has my grandma, women are in fact uh, from. The Gemara had a question on that, which still has been somewhat unresolved. That we find to the contrary that matzah and hakel are also mitzvah women are chayev. The Gemara tried to explain that that's based upon the fact that there are two exceptions that shows us that that's generally not the rule. However, the Gemara has left off with a bit of a question on that because there is an opinion that is malamdin. So then, what, what are we supposed to say? How do we know that the sources, the general rules, tefillin, and those are exceptions? How do we know that that's true? So that's still left. And now, though, the Gemara is in the middle of trying to figure out Mitzvah Zesha Einas, my grandma, that women are chayev. The prototype for that is Kibbut Avaim, that the, even girls are mechuyivin. It must be because it's not my grandma. But the problem is, why do you learn from Talmud Torah? Talmud Torah is also not my grandma, and women are potter. So the Gemara tried to explain that Talmud Torah and Perivya, the Mitzvah to have children, are Shnei Sibabanke, because they're both Mitzvah Zesha Einas, my grandma, and yet women are potter from that. So it must be those are the exceptions, and rather the general rule should be learned from Kibbutz Avaim that Mitzvah and Grama women are chayv. So the top of the Amud Aleph says the Gemara question: We've been assuming that women are potter from the Mitzvah Puravu. Rabbi Yochum disagrees. He says regarding both Adam and Chava, the Pasuk says Hashem blessed them and told them to be to be fruitful and to multiply. According to him, women are included. In the mitzvah peruvu, it's actually machlokas. According to him, they have the mitzvah. Mike, remember, what are you going to say? Women are 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 are, are in so that means the only mitzvah is say she'enas my grandma, which uh, women are chayv in, is um, is is, is tamatara. So there's no shiksu habanka achadim malamdin. So maybe we should learn from tamatara that that in fact mitzvah she'enas my grandma, women are pata. So the Gemara explains because there's another partner for Tamatar. Mishim Davi Tamatar, Pinyin Abed, Sheikh Zubamagacham Malamdin. Pinyin Abed is also not my grandma, and yet women are Pater. So we have another source for it. So again, the general rules in Mrs. Sejan as grandma, women are Chayav. We learn that from, from Kibbut Avaim. Yes, we have exceptions like Tamatar and Pinyin Abed. Says the Gemara, Rabbilcham Membroka, he held that women are Abduavit Sivoy in Peruvu. So what's the Pshad? That we're able to learn from Kibbut Avaim. What if we're able to learn from Kibbut Avaim that the general is Mrs. Sejan's grandma women are chayav? I mean, every Peruvu and Mamorish thinks what my Gachamim Malamdin. Let Kibbut Avaim team up together with Peruvu. Make it Shnei Zuvavakachamim Malamdin. Mrs. Sejan's grandma women still have to do. So why isn't that Shnei Zuvavakachamim Malamdin? In other words, the same way we're saying that we don't learn from Talmud Torah opinion of Ben that women are potter. So you should say the other way as well. <coughs> you shouldn't learn from. From Peru together with Kibbut Avim, that women are chayav. So the Gemara says, "No, Tzrichi. That's not Sheikhsuvavakanim Malamdin because it was necessary for the Torah to write both Peru and um, both Peru and and fearing one's parents. That it was necessary for the Torah to say both of them they're chayav. You guys remember more had the Torah only wrote that, that the women are chayav to honor their parents. Well, because we're even not said Peru I would say that they're not chayav in." Because the Torah speaks about going into the world and making children, and it says, go conquer the world. So we say that means people usually fight in war. Usually a man is his way to, to be kovish, to conquer the world. Ish, 
So in he's a of kids, but for a woman, no, that's not her nature. Lo, I would say she's not chayat. So that's why the Torah had to specifically say, Puravu, she's chayat. Because of Puravu, the Torah had only written Puravu, but Lo, because of Moran, had not written that women have to fear their parents. Avamina ish, specifically the last one, maybe only a man, he's always able to control whether or not he wants to honor his parents because he's always in control of himself. He is chayat in the mitzvah. Isha thinks he will have last one, but for a woman, it's not always in her control. If she's married, her husband may not allow her. So then, lo, maybe she is not chayav. Maybe the same way she's not always able to control whether or not she can do uh, the mitzvah of kibbutz of the aim. Like when she's married, she can't necessarily do it. So maybe she's not chayav at all. So that's why the Torah had to say, it's really to say both of them. So it's not because the mitzvah of honoring one's parents and the mitzvah of Puravu, uh, would not have been able to be derived from one another, and therefore we assume that they are the general rule. They're, they're not the exceptions, they are the general rule. Women are in fact chayv. So now we get back to the previous discussion here, which was the whole thing that we had started with was that we're learning from, um, from Tefillin, that women are potter. And we say that the exceptions, like matzah, and, uh, and, and, and Haka, women are included, those are the exceptions. Why? But the Gemara is bothered though, then everybody agrees to that. So if you don't agree to that, what are you supposed to say? Um, and the same thing over here. With we could ask the same question. What, why, why are we assuming that we learn from Kibbut Aim that women are chayv? Why don't we learn from Talmud Torah and Pidyon Ben that women are in fact exempt from all mitzvahs, even if it's not Zman Grama? So the Gemara says, Amarava, Papuna, Yadu, Milsa. People of Papunayik know the answer to this. The people of Ravacha, Ravacha, this is where he was from, Papunayi. Amar the Pasik says, talking about tefillin. You should have tefillin with Matias, Rosashim, Vichos, that the Torah of Hashem should be in your mouth. What does that mean? That all of the Torah is compared to tefillin. What's the comparison between tefillin and all of the Torah? It's just as tefillin is a positive mitzvah, it's time bound. And women are exempt. So that now is not just that we're saying learning from there is the prototype. The Torah is being mockish and telling us that's the general rule for the Torah. For all grandma, women are potter. And now we can say that now that we understand it's a positive. So the fact that the Torah is telling us specifically something that's like tefillin, the fact that the Torah compared tefillin to the rest of it, we see it's specifically something that's like tefillin, which is time bound. That the implication is that women are in fact chayv. So what's coming out is an unbelievable shift in the Gemara. It's not that we're learning from tefillin or learning from kibbutz avayim as like just logically assuming that that's the prototype for the rule, but rather it's all coming based upon what the Torah is really going out of its way to tell us. The Torah is saying that the whole Torah is compared to tefillin, and we're explaining that comparison to mean. That uh, just as by tefillin women are potter, so too by other mitzvahs that are like tefillin women are potter, that meaning is man grama, and by implication, the mitzvahs that are not like tefillin, the ones that are not man grama, then women are chayav. So now the Gemara says, How many grama? All this was only good if you hold mitzvahs that, that tefillin doesn't apply in Shabbos and Yantip. It says, Mitzvah says man grama. El Laman Amar Tefillin Mitzvah Law is man grama. This is one town of Ramayor holds. You do put on tefillin on Shabbos and so it's not my grandma. Like, remember, the whole thing falls away. The whole thing that we're learning from tefillin, but tefillin is, is not my grandma. So what you lost the whole thing. So the Gemara explains. Not Shabbos and tefillin mitzvahs by grandma. Who is that opinion? Holds you put on tefillin Shabbos and Yantiv from mayor to mayor. So I've lost things with Abon Ke'echad in Melamdin. According to Rameir, we didn't have the whole problem because he lost things with Abon Ke'echad in Melamdin. The whole thing we were going through was according to the Mandamar that it is Melamdin. 
According to Rameir, it's not a problem. But the issue here is how to understand what the Gemara is saying. Because once we lose that fill in his mind, grandma, so you lost the whole source. You lost everything. So even if we say that we don't have a problem from let's say from Matzah and Hakam, that we see to the contrary, we'll say, okay, those are Eimelanden. But you're still missing the basic uh, prototype. You're just missing the basic source that's Mangram about Nashmar Pata. So Rashi says, there must be some other source that the Gemara is not disclosing to us that uh, where we see that message is my grandma, Najma Pater. And we're just saying, in terms of learning to the contrary from Azan Hakel, we say that, but we don't, we're not actually privy to what that other source is. So it's a funny conclusion that according to our mayor, there must be some other source besides filling that message is my grandma, Najma Pater. Says the Gemara, what are you going to go according to the Tana Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda all shakes the So he's going to have the question from Matanakal. And he also can't say we learn from Tulin, because that, that's to the contrary, because Tulin is as well as my grandma. According to Rabbi Yehuda, also, you could wear it on Shabbos and Yantav. Michael, what are you going to say? So the Gemara explains, Until now, we think it was only two. We thought it was Matanakal. But it's also Simcha as well. Where we see to the contrary, but in because we have simcha as well. The mitzvah being with all these things are mitzvah and grandma nashim are still chayav. So those shows us that the Torah is writing all these exceptions. It must be that that's not the general rule; that's the exception. And the general rule must be that they are potter. Again, what's the source? It's not tefillin. We don't know. So that's the conclusion of the Gemara. According to most opinions, that tefillin is mitzvah as my grandma. So we say that's the source that for the general rule mitzvah as my grandma nashim peturos, and we compare. And then, and then we say um, that we're not bothered by the other things that are exceptions. But if you hold that, that we that we can learn from tefillin, you hold it, it, that it's mitzvah ain't as my grandma because you do it on on, on Shabbos and Yantif. So then we have to explain why we're not learning, why we're, we're so quick to dismiss matzah and hakel. We're explaining either the shkensi and malamdin, or we're explaining that there's actually shloshah pesukim if you throw in simcha as well. Okay, now we analyze further what the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said that when it comes to low sasses, women are included. The Chomet says low sasses, women are included, they cannot do them. Now, how do we know that a, a negative is in the Torah, women are included in it? When a man or a woman does any, any sin. There, in that context, the Torah is connecting. The Torah is connecting. That for punishments in the Torah, we're all the same. We are all the same, and it's a general rule here, uh, not just by that sin that the Torah is talking about in context about someone who swears falsely about stealing, but rather it's a general rule that for all types of sins and punishments, uh, when and women are the same. Talking about mishpatim that you put in front of them. What does that mean? In front of all genders. For all the laws in the Torah, there is no difference um, between the men and women for judges. Another another source here. Amar Krav Ahimis Ish Oisha. They're talking about the ox that kills a man or a uh, woman. A Sharmud kills them. And a liability, there's a kofar payment that's paid by the owner of the ox that killed another human being. So it says, For all the killings in the Torah, we don't distinguish here between whether a man or a woman was killed. So it's all the same. And we assume, therefore, that's a prototype. For all the laws in the Torah, all the laws says that applies equally to men and to women. So now, why do I need all these sources? If we only learn the first two, the first one, that um, about bringing a carbon over there when you swear falsely that it's men and women are the same. Maybe the Torah had pity on her 
and to try to get her atonement, we say that even women can get atonement. Avotinin, when it comes down to laws, I would say, only for a man who engages in commerce and he goes in front of the court, and then he can get these halachos. But not for a woman, she doesn't usually do business. So therefore, it doesn't apply to her. Yeshmin and Hadf will only tell us that about payments. At least that's, that's a quality of her life, right? It's a question of, of her getting her money. Have a kofa in regard to paying the redemption. If somebody gores, if the ox gores, I would say to Abadama Beis, Ishtvar Mitzvah a man who is Chayav Mitzvah, so when he is killed, when he's a victim, there is liability. But for a woman, she's not obligated to the same extent in Mitzvahs that men is. I would say that the Kofar payment doesn't apply to her because it's not as big of a tragedy uh, for, her, for her life to be taken away because she doesn't do Mitzvahs. There's a loss of life. So, and pity on her. And we said that there's liability if she was killed. For punishments and for, for punishments and for dinim, I would say that women are not included. Therefore, we needed all of these three. So we, need, we need the Torah to say dinim, Torah to say that if there's a loss of life for a woman, then, then there's liability of kofar. And we need as well uh, that women bring karbanas. Okay. Then there were exceptions. So what's me about talk about tashkas the isr not to round the corners of the head that doesn't apply to women and to destroy the corners of the beard. And for for a kohen a bas kohen doesn't have the isr become tamil mace. So the gemara says bishlam about the tamil mace and the isr for a bas kohen that it doesn't apply for her she could become tamil. That's right there. The siv emar al kohen and I will tell the kohen the sons of Aaron. Why do we say the sons of Aaron? Bnei Aaron below Bnei Aaron only the sons not the daughters. That's a drasha from Bnei. How do we know that this din, not to round the pace and not to cut off the, the destroy the beard, how do we know that doesn't apply to women? Says the Gemara, it says by the Jews in general, don't round the corner of your head and don't destroy the corner of your beard. So there's a connection between the two. Anyone including the Isser of cutting the beard is also including the Isser against rounding the corner of the head. Pace. For women, if anyways, we're not including the Isser of cutting one beard, the Gemara will eventually... We'll talk about that more, but now we just think it doesn't apply to them practically, so less than back office. So therefore, they're also not included in pay. So it's a hackish, it doesn't apply. So as the Gemara now, what, how do we talk and know that there's no Isra of cutting the beard by women? We know to listen to how do we know that the women are not included in the Isra of cutting the beard? You could say it's logical. They don't have a beard. They generally don't have beard. So even if a woman happens to have facial hair, that must be that that's not what the Torah was answering. You could say it's a pasuk. Don't round the corners of your head and don't cut the corner of your beard. The Torah changed, right? Change from the plural to the singular. Why is it saying your beard in the singular? Only your beard not the beard of your wife. So if she happens to grow a beard, there's certainly no no iser, uh, no iser to cut it. So we knew that, and then we're moving backwards. Um, the fact that that that, that 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 after I know that there's no answer for cut or beard, and then it's next to in the pasuk, then not to round the corners of your head. The rounding corners of your head applies only again only to men and not women. So what are we saying? That's pasuk that a woman could could cut could use a razor to cut to cut facial hair. So the Gemara says, is that true? Below, Vatanya says in the says, If the beards of women are a saris, a saris is a person who doesn't uh, mature, doesn't have puberty, so it's like an anomaly if he has facial hair. Uh, if there's hair there, and it's treated like a beard. So what does it mean it's treated like a beard? It means that there's, for the issue of destroying with a razor, and the brides will come to say that a woman's facial growth is a beard that you can't destroy. So we see now that we're saying. We're saying that a woman doesn't have the issue of cutting the beard. Who we say she does? First, Abai just says there's no way that it could be Asr and a woman from destroying her beard. We would learn the word from the children 
of Aaron. It's, there's one possible Sasha's blessing in in general, but, they, but by Kohanim also the Torah repeats, even though it's also all Israelim, but the Torah repeats it by Kohanim also. So there for sure, women are exempt. So too here, women are exempt. Why does Abai so certain that, that by Kohanim the women are exempt? Because remember, the opening part by Kohanim, it said, just as we know from Tumah, they're, they're allowed to become Tameh, because it said, B'nai Aaron, for Lobanah is Aaron. So Abai is assuming that B'nai Aaron is going on all the dinim that are introduced by that Pasuk. So the Kohen's is sort of shave the beard is further in that, in that parak. So we assume for sure a Kohen woman is allowed to do that. So if I use the Xer Shava, just the, the Kohen is, it doesn't apply to the women. So then for sure, it doesn't apply to regular Jewish, the regular Jewish women as well. So now, so now that now, now that we know for sure that that's true, the bride said that before that said that it's like a beard could not have been referring to the Israel of Ashkelon. What is it referring to? We'll get there. But first, the Gemara has a question. If it's true, uh, like Abai said that when it says Bnei Aaron, it's going on all the dinim there, and it means that women are excluded from all the halachos, including not to cut their beard. Then why do I have to have the Xer Shava to exempt a regular Jewish woman from the Xer cutting the beard? Let's just make a Kavachom. I don't Xer Shava. Why don't I just say logically? If we're calling him who have even more mitzvahs, still we say Bnei Aaron for Lopanos Aaron, that meaning that girls don't have the Xer of shaving their cut, destroying their beard. Certainly regular Jewish girls. So meaning, why do I need Xer? Why do I need to resort to Xer Shava? to derive that fact. Why don't we need the Xer Shava to say that just as the, the, the Kohanist doesn't have Israel to cut a beard to a regular Jewish girl, why isn't that just logical? Says the Gemara, you Xer Shava, not for the Xer Shava, I have a Mina opinion. I would have thought that the Pasuk interrupted it specifically, um, to, the, 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 it interrupted it specifically to say that it applies equally to the Kohen women here as well. So what, what is going on here? In other words, the Torah doesn't say them all together. After going through some dinim, then the Pasuk says that when a Kohen sister dies, you should become Tame. So that's a positive mitzvah to bury the mace. And that, 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 that is something which does apply to Kohen women as well. There's a mitzvah to bury the relatives, to marry Mason. So I would say that the rest of the parasha, which includes shaving the beard, is also not going specifically on the male Kohen, it's going on the female Kohenim as well. So how do I know that B'nai Aharon is going on the continuation after what gives me the confidence to say that just because it's in the same paragraph, it's, women are excluded? Harai Lahitamah said in the middle, women are not excluded. Must be the prize. We know that we have Xerah Shava. We're supposed to be learning something from that Xerah Shava uh, here from Pa'as Pa'as to, to the regular Jewish girls. Must be that Bnei Aaron is excluding the Kohen girls, and that's the purpose of the Xerah Shava to then tell me that they, they're Jewish girls as well. Because if not, and I wouldn't need the Xer Shava for anything. That's the point that the Gemara is making. The whole thing is that I wouldn't know what to use the Xer Shava for if not for the fact that the Queen girls are excluded. Says the Gemara, well, Hashem, name and name of Hefzakainian, even maybe it's Taka true, Hefzakainian, and we're not excluding the Kohen girls, we're not excluding the Kohen girls from the Isser of cutting the beard. Maybe they really do have the Isser. I, what do I do with the Xer Shava? If this is, you're arguing about the Xer Shava, you're trying to prove from there that women are exempted from cutting the, sh- from the shaving. Maybe I need it for what it says in the bride. So, it says that the Kohanim shouldn't shave. Maybe any type of shaving, even with scissors, there's lashes with cutting off. The Torah says not to destroy. An idea of not destroying. Um, destroying is mashma only when it gets all the way down to the skin, which scissors do not do. I would think that if you remove it with any type of any type of other implement, not not a razor, just any other type of implement here, that cuts down to the to the skin, you should be chayev. Also says not to shave. So shave is mashma an instrument which is usually done for that. So what we're saying is it has to be both together. It has to be 
destroyed, but also it's be a normal thing to shave with. How do I put it together? It's a normal thing to shave, but also that really totally destroys the beard. I'll say Zatar is referring to a razor. So we need the Xer Shava to put those two sukkim together to understand what the Isser is. Is it with scissors or is it only with, with a razor to put it together? So maybe that's what the Xer Shava is saying. So we're arguing now maybe really the Isser does apply to the Kohen women. And B'nai Aaron was interrupted. It was interrupted by Lai Taman. Anything that's mentioned afterwards, maybe does apply to the women as well. And I, what am I doing with Xer Shava? Maybe I'm doing with Xer Shava is that I am learning what the nature of this or the scope of this or what does it apply to uh, that it's not only on scissors, but rather, it's not on scissors, but rather on the razor. Says the Gemara, if that's all who's coming to say, that of your beard. It didn't have to say the corner of your beard. It didn't have to say, Sometimes he used the word pa'as. It could have just said It was coming to say that other point as well. So by saying the word pa'as, we mean to be indicating specifically that the sons of Aaron, but not the daughters of Aaron, did, did apply to this halacha, and the girl, the Kohen girls were excluded. And now we're comparing that to the to the to the um, to the Jewish girl, regular Jewish girls as well. And after all is said and done, we're coming out that it's very clear that the Kohen girls are excluded from the Isra. Jewish girls are excluded from the Isra. So I, what do we do with the price? So before so what do I do with the price that said that the woman of the stars has facial hair is treated like a beard? What is it talking about? If it's not talking about the Israel of shaving, what's it talking about? It's talking about the tuma of Tsaras. One of the dinim of Tsaras is that on the symptoms and so on and so forth, all sorts of halachas is that is that with regards to Tsaras, a woman's beard is considered like a beard and has the halachas not of regular skin, but of beard saras. Beard saras is subject to different symptoms to what's metami. So that's what it's talking about. If a woman gets saras on, on facial hair, has the same halachas of saras on facial hair of a man. Says the Gemara, well, that you don't need, you don't need the bride. So it's the Gemara, if a woman has an affliction on her head or her beard. So clearly, we don't need the bride to say over what's in a pasuk. It's talking about the way you become tar from Saras. And it's saying the same way that a man becomes tar, the same process, a woman as well. It says the Gemara, Thomas Nami Pshita. It's obviously the same thing. If, it's, if a woman has the Tumma and the beer, then obviously she has to have the tar as well. Why do I need a puzzle to say that? It says the Gemara, Yitzchak, it was in fact necessary to say, we're going back to the original Pshat, that it's talking about how you get Saras in the beard. I, the Torah says, a woman. A woman also, a man or a woman who gets saras in their head or a beard. I would say, maybe the Pasuk is written in two different points. It's saying, If a man or a woman gets an affliction on the head, or on the beard, maybe that's only for a man. No, that a woman's beard is included for the nega of saras. So it comes out for the Isra of Baltashkas, not to cut the uh, that's, that's only for men and for women. The point that we're saying originally, we said it was a svara, um, and then we moved on to say that instead of saying it's a svara, maybe the change in the in the psukim indicated it that way. Abai was saying we learn it from paspas from the coin from the coin girls. Either way, we're coming out that there's no iser for the girls to use a razor on their facial hair. Um, and from there we have a hekashat. There's no iser for payas there as well. And this brisa, which is saying that the facial hair of a woman is treated like like a beard, that's talking about the din of taras. 
Okay, now the Tana adds another thing. Isi Tana, Isi has a different point. It's not to make a bald spot on one's head when you're mourning for a dead person. That as well does not apply to women. My time of the Isi, why does he get that from? Again, the general rule is Mrs. Lissa say women are included. And why would Isi say they're not included in this? The Darish Hachli expounds this. It says, Your son's Tashem. Don't make a gash. Or put a bald spot between your eyes. Your holy nation. So the Pasuk all started that your children, you are sons below, that girls are not included in this or making a bald spot. You're saying that it's exempting women from the Israel of making a bald spot. Maybe it's also exempting them from the Israel of making a gash in mourning. Maybe women are exempted from that Isra as well. When the Pasuk goes on to say, you're an Amkadosh, you see that we're being more inclusive. The Israel making a gash in one's body for mourning, it explain, it, it, that, it's, that, that expands to even women. Anyone who's part of the people. So what do I say the Pasuk is referring to? I say that it's talking about the Isra of making the bald spot. So we have to pick and choose. One of them is excluding women, one is including women. So for the bald spot, we exclude women. For the gash, making the gash for mourning, we include women. Says the more, how do we know? What do we see to include women in the Israel against making the gash and exclude them from the Israel against making the ball spot? Try the other way around. Maybe they're included in the Israel of the ball spot and excluded from the gash. Says the Gemara, Rabbani is a Kedida. Makes more sense to include the women against the Israel making the gash. That applies to any part, whether it's the hair or the rest of the body. So it's more of a broader Isra. So we assume that that's more common. Women are included. But I'll exclude women from the Isra with a bald spot. It's only in the hair of the head, so it's more limited. And therefore, since it's, um, since it's further limited, so we assume, we assume that, that the Isra making the bald spot doesn't apply to the women. Says the Gemara, Maybe Bonavlobonos excludes both. I but it excludes um, the girls both from the bald spot and from the gash. I it says kiam kadosh. Maybe that's talking about the Israel against making a scratch on the body. Now, the Gemara is assuming that it's a separate thing, and this is mentioned by the laws of the Quran and the Pasuk says not to make a, a scratch. And the Gemara now is assuming that there are separate things. The gash that the Pasuk talks about, the gedida. Is not the same thing as making a sarata, as making a scratch. And the difference between them is whether it's by hand, the gash is through a utensil, and the scratch is on my hand. So we're assuming that, so we're assuming that maybe they're different things. So maybe the Torah is only including them in the Isser of Srita, but they're excluded as well from the Gisha. Says the Marcos, it is all one in the same. Meaning, even though it's different terms, both are describing the same Isser, it doesn't make a difference with hand or or with a clique, both of them are the same Isra. So therefore, we have to include one, and if we have to be in, in, choose between including the bald spot or including the gash, we say that the Pasuk is coming to include them in the Isra, the gash, which applies to the whole body, and that they're excluded from the bald spot, which only applies to the hair.